welcome to another episode of Three Men in a War Game. Uh, I'm Paul, and I have a serious love affair with Wild West Exodus going on. Uh, I'm Kevin, aka Chops, and I am not going to buy Space Marines. I'm not going to buy Space Marines. It's not happening. And I am Chris, aka Potter, and I've realized that Paul has used that intro before. Have I really? Yes, you have. No. I think you have. No, I you've think you're gushed. Wrong. You've you've gushed about it before in that similar fashion. Yeah, well, it it deserves to be gushed about. Okay, fine. I'll change mine. Thank God, no mystery science theater references today. Yeah, none at all. Thank God. I yeah. I liked your one about the moon, the beer on the moon. That was good <laughs> while I was on vacation. Well, yeah, that was a, that was a good one. That was you know roused hour. Yeah, the classic, classic episode. I did not appreciate the fact that uh, that show was being watched on my Netflix account while uh, while I was in va- <laughs> on uh, vacation. Not only your Netflix, but also your YouTube, depending on what what I was watching at the time. Oh geez, you so, just didn't... So it's been contaminated. Oh god, oh, my that, that was that's why that stuff showed up in my side pain the to the other day. Yeah, the, the the main goal was to get Netflix and YouTube to keep recommending more episodes for you. You gotta you gotta filter through the kids show recommendations on my YouTube because my kids bogart my fucking YouTube channel. I opened it up and I'm like, what the hell does Potter watch? Oh, he's got little kids. Yeah, it's literally my kids do nothing but watch other kids play video games and toys on YouTube. <laughs> like apparently that's a thing. Apparently, there's some kid that makes like $22 million a year playing with toys on YouTube. Yeah, his it's, name is Ryan, and my kids watch him. It's yeah, opening. That's the one. It's specifically like opening like things like Hatchimals and stuff too, and like raiding toys and like all that. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, he's he's moved on. Like they do skits now, and like his parents have actually turned it into this whole business. So they have this whole sub channel now. It's just a it's a racket. Hey and man, now good for them. Well, yeah, and now they're selling, like, clothing in Walmart and Target. They've got their own toy line now in Walmart and Target. Like, the kid's going to be a billionaire before he's, like, 12. So I'm not going to knock the hustle, man. Yeah, Good on no, 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 no. I mean, they're, they do, they, they found a thing, and they got in at the beginning, and it's, you know, I, I commend them. As long as they're not exploiting the kid, good for yep. them. Yep, for sure. Yeah, speaking of the hustle, go check out our Patreon Patreon.com slash three men in a war game. We are not making $22 million. Wow. But we are, we are going to You did not wait for the end on that one. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I don't, I don't mind hustling. Hey, we got, we got, we got, we've got shirts we want to buy for Adepticon guys. Come on, help us. Help yeah. Us buy and dice shirt. to give you guys. Yeah. So much and space to Marines. We for want Kevin to paint. Some swag bags for for playing against the three men at uh, Depticon. <laughs> yeah, especially if you can hit the trifecta. Yes. Yeah, I just wanna I just wanna be able to have each of us give you guys dice with our face on the sixes. I think that would be fucking funny. You know, it's play like us. it's like Pokemon, catch them all at the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so likely that will happen. That's gonna happen. Oh, that, that's good. That's gonna happen. You know that we don't. Yeah, we're doing that. All right. But anyway, yeah. let's 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 move on from the what, uh, random discussion here at the yeah, beginning. What, what are we talking about today? This Paul? whole episode is going to be a random discussion. 
It is, and that's and that's what's going to make it wonderful. Because this will be, probably be the first insight for our non-patrons to see what like the unedited shows are like. <laughs> well, you know, here here's the thing though is that we always talk about war games, so let's talk about things that you know it's the end of the year, right? So let's talk about things that we enjoy that are not war games. All right, it's right. Heresy. So heresy. Yeah, let's. Yeah, well, you know, we let people know that we uh, are more than just three men in a war game. That we're <laughs> three men and a more life. things. All right, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let our, our listenership that's pissed get pissed. Be still around. All right, if you're still listening, let's do this thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I only want to hear about war games. Click. <laughs> uh, we just lost like 30 listeners. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we're we're not gonna do this all the time, guys. We're you know just want to make sure we throw that out there. We're not bucking <laughs> bucking our some kind of format. We just want to talk about some stuff that's not war games. That's right. We, That's we right. thought it'd be fun and interesting. And if it, it doesn't work, you guys don't like it, let, let us know. And, you know, maybe we don't do it again. But if you do like it, you know, let us know and maybe we'll do it again. So, you know, just give us your feedback. All right. I think with uh, with all of that preamble out of the way, yeah. uh, let's let's get right into it. Uh, and I, I, if I'll start if you guys are cool with that. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, go ahead, man. All right. And I'll, I'll actually uh, start by, I mean... I've said before my past in wargaming was uh, in high school, and then I sort of dipped out of the the hobby. Uh, I didn't play for a long time, and then before I got into wargaming, uh, I dove very deep into hobby board games. And the people that listen to us, based on what I talk about, might not understand that I spend more time playing board games than I do playing war games, and that's actually true. To this day, I uh, more of my free time goes to playing board games with my friends and family than does goes to playing war games. Uh, and hobby hobby board gaming is a huge part of my life. Uh, I have actually uh, some of my friends affectionately call it the wine cellar, uh, and it's a it's a wall that is uh, essentially it's it's a wall in my dining or my in my um, formal dining room that is. Uh, it's just bookshelves from floor to ceiling all the way across the wall. And it's completely full of board games. Um, so I have a lot. Um, and I'm at the point now where I have to do like one in one out when I, when I want to buy a new one, I have to sell one. <laughs> um, just cause I don't have room for anymore. Um, so I, I love them. Uh, and I will say this out to our, anybody who's listening, if you hit us up on Facebook or on Twitter, uh, one thing I'll do is I'll send Paul some pictures and he'll post the pictures if he wants to of my board game collection and then if you guys have any questions or you want like a quick review, I'll give you a quick snarky review of any board game that you want because I've played all of them that I have on my shelf. Um, and also I can uh, talk about a couple of my favorites if you guys want to hear them. Absolutely. Yeah. What, what is some of your favorites? Because like that's like one thing I want to do as my kids get older. I want to start introducing them more into some board games, uh, you know, to to help help them learn, help them get into the kind of the, the environment, the world and. So I'm definitely interested in that. Yeah, yeah. So my interests run the gamut. I uh, I play some really lightweight family games, and I also play some like Crush Your Soul, heavy, heavy fucking euros. Um, and I think my preferences go to those soul crushing, heavy ass euros. 
Um, if I, you know, I had to pick any game to play at any given time, if you aren't miserable, right, right. I'm saying though, like if it was my preference, right. If I, if I could, if I was like sitting out with a group of four people and they were like, if you could play any game, what would you play right now? I would probably pull a big heavy Euro down. That's what I'm saying. Like I love playing board games in any format, but like, that's where my preference lies. Uh, sure. and with that, with that, I will say that my, I think my very favorite board game, uh, it's called the gallerist. Uh, it's a, it's a two to four, well, really one to four, uh, player board game designed by my second favorite board game designer, Vital Lacerda. Uh, Vital Lacerda is, uh, known for making games that are, uh, exquisite. I don't know how else to describe them. They're like watches in that every piece of the game connects to every other piece multiple ways. So while like in the gallerist, there are only four locations that you can move your pawn to. And each of those locations has two separate actions you can take. So that's a total of eight actions. Uh, each action that you can take has sweeping effects on the game state for all the players. Um, and that's true in all of Vitalis Artist games. I own most of them. There's only a few I don't have. Um, but I also love Vinos and I love Lisboa, and I love Kanban. Um, his games are magnificent. Uh, if you haven't heard of Vital Lacerda, do yourself a favor. Just go buy The Gallerist. It is an immensely beautiful game. Uh, it's both beautiful to look at and beautiful to play. Um, I can't recommend it uh, more. I, like I said, it's, it's my very favorite board game. Um, and then I think another one that deserves an honorable mention is, uh, I'll start with the designer, and his name is Eric Lang. Uh, Eric Lang is my I think favorite game designer and in dice like masters, my right. Yeah, he did. He did design dice masters. Yep. And quarriers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, what I'm going to get into, which is my, one of my very favorite family of games. And there's three of them and they're all sort of spiritual successors of the other. Uh, and each one of them is still very good and still relevant in its own way. Uh, and that trilogy of games involves chaos in the old world, rising sun and blood rage um all three of them have so similar dudes on a map feel but have slightly different mechanics and are good in different different ways my favorite of the trilogy is still the original uh, which is probably an unpopular opinion i think most people like rising sun or blood rage more than chaos in the old world uh but you know as an old school war gamer i've got that uh that warhammer fantasy theme uh ties deep for me uh, and the theme of the game for no one who's, if you have not played chaos in the old world, I almost hate talking about this game because it's out of print, very expensive right now. Um, but maybe I'll bring it to Adepticon. And if someone wants to play with me, I'll have it in my trunk. Um, but the way that it works is it's a, it's a, I would say it's an only four player game. It says two to four players, but I won't play it unless we have four because it self balances at four. And each player takes the role of one of the chaos gods, uh, and there are uh, asymmetric win conditions. So Nurgle doesn't win the same way that Korn doesn't win the same way that Zinch doesn't win the same way that Slanesh wins. Um, and you guys are essentially playing on a map, and the map is like super death metal printed on what <laughs> looks like... No, I'm serious. When you pull out the map, the map looks like it's printed on a human skin oh geez yeah like and it, it, it's, it's am, a, i'm about that yeah yeah dude yeah, i'm really really about this game dude it's so good uh and you're basically vying for control for who can be the most destructive 
uh, like who it's basically the end times. The game takes place in the end times and it's like, which chaos God can inflict the most destruction during the end times. Oh, that's um, it's so good. Uh, and it, it helps that it is an incredibly good design. Uh, I, I mean, we're, we're talking like, again, one of, one of my favorite, favorite board games and maybe one of the best board game designs that I've ever played. Yeah. Bring, yeah, definitely bring that to Depthcon. I will. I want to I try that. I will. So that's two of my favorite big, big, big heavyweight games. Uh, and I don't want to spend the half this episode talking about board games. So I'll just, just hint at two more. Um, so another one uh, of my very favorite board games is the, I will call it as, as the series of games, Carcassonne. Um, my wife and I have spent more time playing uh, the Carcassonne series of games than maybe any other. Uh, if you're looking at one to start with, the original is always a good way. And then I also love the uh, South Seas standalone version of Carcassonne. Carcassonne, for people who've never played it, is a game where you shuffle tiles and then each player draws a tile and adds it to an ever-expanding map. And then you get points based on essentially the way that you build out features on the map and put your meeples on those features. Um, it's a very good game, very lightweight, very easy to teach. I can teach, uh, at this point, I can teach any person, I think, over eight years old how to play Carcassonne in 10 minutes or less. Hmm. Um, so... Um, very good, very good family weight game. Uh, very easy to play with pretty much anybody. Um, so that's Carcassonne. Um, and if I had to pick another uh, of my favorite lighter weight games, it's a game designed by the great Dr. Reiner Knizia. Uh, and this game is called Samurai. Uh, Reiner Knizia has, I think, developed over 150 board games. Samurai stands to me as one of his best designs. It's not his best, but it's my favorite, I think. Uh, objectively, it's not his best, but it's my favorite. It's a game where you are effectively trying to vie for the most control over the islands of Japan uh, in feudal Japan. And it's it's a very good game. It's another tile placement game. Um, and there's a little bit of blind management of the tiles that you're drawing and placing on the map. And you're trying to it's got this really cool scoring mechanic where you're each each player is trying to to basically win these these uh spaces on the board and when you win a space you get the token that's in the space which either represents agriculture or politics or religion uh and the person who wins uh it's really interesting because everybody like takes these and they put them behind a screen and then everybody lifts their screen at the end and you get uh there's there's basically the person who has the most of the 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 uh agriculture wins the agriculture one the person who wins the most religion gets the religion one the person who gets the most politics gets the politics one so you can't focus on one thing because if one person wins two of them they win outright uh, and then the way you break a tie if three people win one is that it's whoever has the most of the things they didn't win with so you can't ignore anything. You have to be holistic in the way that you take things, but also be careful that you also win at least one. It's a fascinating game. Uh, and one of my favorite, again, another game I can teach in like 10, 15 minutes. So board games. I love board games. How do you feel about uh, Twilight Imperium? Oh, it's a great game. Um I own, uh, I, lo I lovingly own a copy of Twilight Imperium 3rd Edition. Uh, I have owned Twilight Imperium 3rd Edition for seven years, and I've played it seven times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, it's not a game that gets played very often, um, but I have, 
Uh, I will not sell it because uh, I adore it. Um, it's a very good game. Yeah, it's amazing. It's almost perfect. Yeah, it's it's really, really good. All right, so Chris, uh, how about you? Something that you enjoy that's not Wargaming? Um, I, at a very young age, picked up video games. Uh, so I am a big video game player. Uh, I play... For right now, unfortunately, I'm still hooked on MMOs. I still drink the WoW Kool-Aid, uh, though not as much as I used to, just because this expansion is kind of a dud. But, um, you know, I do that. I, I'm a big Japanese RPG player. I, I love Japanese RPGs. A uh, friend of mine got me, or I won a Raspberry Pi at a uh, tech conference, and a friend of mine just basically went through and took every old-school nintendo and super nintendo game and threw it on there um with like all my favorite you know jrpgs from that time frame uh so that's that's a lot of my time is is playing that um and then i've got kids so you know i spend a lot of my time doing stuff with them uh introducing my daughter to star wars uh she has become just as much as a degenerate with star wars as me um, you know, she looks forward to going to the movies with me now that they're, you know, uh, now that she can, she's old enough. Um, you know, we've, I've got to, I've taken her to Rogue One. I've taken her to, you know, episode eight, uh, uh, Han Solo and just watching her, you know, open up to that world and see the joy on her face with that is, is just as entertaining and, you know, emotional for me as watching Star Wars on the big screen. So, um, you know, I, a lot of my life is just introducing my kids to my world and, you know, teaching them those, you know, my son loves watching me play video games. So a lot of my world revolves around my kids. You know, I'm a single dad, so I got to uh, spend as much time with them as I can. What's your, uh, what's your favorite video game? Oh, uh, th- right now, if I had to pick a all time favorite video game right off the cuff, I'm probably going to say earthbound. Um, it is it's what a solid introduced- choice. Yeah, it's it's what introduced me to JRPGs. Um, I remember as a kid going in, going to the, the the video rental store and renting that game weekend and week out, uh, playing the <laughs> hell out of it. Uh, it is one of my absolute favorites. Uh, another one that I will be a degenerate for because the remake of it's coming out on Friday will be Katamari Damacy. I will be mm. playing the hell out of that on my Switch when it comes out love me some katamari yes it's it, such it, an amazing game i know and it's out <laughs> on this and the switch to me is the perfect platform for it as well too so it's it's coming out this friday uh december 7th for the switch and i cannot be you know more stoked of, of playing that game um because it'll allow me to stop playing pokemon eevee <laughs> right now because that's <laughs> I, all i've been doing i think we can probably all talk a little about video games i can't imagine this isn't one of yours too paul um I, oh, I mean, I have, I, absolutely. I mean, I mean, look at it this way. We know each other from playing WoW. It's right. true. We do. You know, I've, I'm, I'm long since divorced, but yeah, or I mean from WoW. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, I, and uh, the, uh, the ironic thing, too, is that um, Potter was on Hellscream. Yes, I still, I still am on Hellscream. That's, Get that's the my, fuck out of here. No, that's crazy. And I was in, uh, I was in Armored Justice in, uh, on Hellscream. Uh, no when, way. Yeah, I'm, I was my old boss, one of my best friends, Andre Lassier, Uh He is the, he was the founder and creator of Armored Justice. Holy shit! Yeah, I definitely saw you guys around. Yep. <laughs> um, did you play a dwarf? 
I played a dwarf priest. That's why Fuck. he's. Fuck I, yeah, I, I played. I played. Uh. Well, dude. It, if anybody knows me playing WoW, anybody that's listening that knows me, like, and and in war games in general, like, I always play a dwarf. Like right now, my main is a dark iron dwarf hunter. I have my, and then out of all my level one twenties, uh, all of them are dwarves. Right now. All my level 120s are all dwarfs. I have a dwarf death knight. I have a dwarf priest, which is my original character. And then I have my, my main hunter right now. Uh, all of them dwarfs. So that doesn't uh, surprise yeah. me. It Yeah. The beard says it all. I mean, all right. So, so Paul, you asked Potter what his very favorite video game is. I'm going to put you on the spot now. What my favorite video game is. Yep. Yeah. Oh, favorite video game of all time. Um, God, I could probably do one from every console. That might. Yeah, be- <laughs> I'm in. I'm in the same thing. So let's let's do it in eras because we. So we gave. Yeah, we, let's uh, do that. That'll be good. So and 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 Potter's given his 16 bit era, and yeah. I'll say we'll do it this way. We'll do an eight to 16 bit era, and then a 32 bit and forward era. Right. So I think I think that's that's fair. Um, well, do we want to do 32 bit and then 3d? Well, okay. Let's say this then let's do it this way. We'll have one, one retro that goes back to the 16 bit era. One that's like PlayStation one and two dreamcast Xbox fat that era. And then mm-hmm. current gen. Okay. okay. Let's do that. So, so my, I have to go with, with the game that if if I had never played it, honestly, I probably would have never trickled down into wargaming in general. Um, and that is Dragon Warrior on the Nintendo. All right, man. That's nice. a good, solid fucking choice. For... I mean, it's, it's such an amazing game. It, it's mind-blowing when you look at it, right? Um, everything that it did back in 1987 or 86 or whenever it was that it came out. I mean, I was all of like 10, maybe, um, you know, but just, just that excitement of being able to, to hunt down the, the dragon Lord and find all the different pieces of armor and kill hard to find creatures like that damn metal slime that would always run away. Um, I mean, to this day, I can still get through, uh, the cave to the Southern continent without using a torch. Uh, I mean, that's how much I played. Uh, I would sit down and, I mean, I seriously would just replay that game over and over and over and over. Um, and, I mean, that's even after playing two and three and, uh, what, maybe four was the last one out on the regular Nintendo. Um, but I always go back to one because I could play it in almost a, a single day because I knew where everything was. All right. That's a good fucking choice, man. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good classic. One. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in all honesty, if if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't have kept playing video games, which wouldn't have led me uh, to war games. All right, I feel like you guys had really good ones, and mine is super stereotypical, but I give no shits. Uh, for nostalgia, my favorite is Chrono Trigger. Uh, oh, that's still a really good choice, man. Yeah, that's a solid game, man. That's like one of the best games of all time. I feel like that's everybody's one of on everybody's list. Though, that's right? because like, it's I'm one of the like, best games of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I, I, I'm the same way. Like the, that you described uh, 
Dragon Warrior is mm-hmm. my experience with Chrono Trigger. I, you know, I for me it came at a really good time. Uh, like it was a, it was like an escape for me that game, and I, I played it, I like, uh, almost to the point of obsession. You know, where I got every ending. Uh, I, I played it through multiple times. I had, you know, all the saves, all the mm-hmm. save slots, like maxed out. Like I love that game um and even to this day i will like still go back and play the game boy advanced version of it because i think that's the only good current version of it um no i think they ported it to the ds i think as well too oh okay if it's on ds that's cool too but like the one the the versions of it that are based on the ps1 port blow uh yeah i don't know i don't know what version Yeah, I don't know what version of the DS one did because that's the one I have, and I can't remember. It's been so and it, long it might it might it. be DS that I actually have too, um, right? Because I I don't remember what side of my original DS I actually plugged that card into, right? Uh, <laughs> at this point, but every once in a while I'll go back and play Chrono Trigger. Um, and I think you're right, actually, it is DS. But that is the that I think that's the the defining 16-bit era game for me. Yeah. Like I, the the whole like like I can still like like when I whenever I see like the black wind howls and I hear Magus's theme like I still get goosebumps on my arm like that that game just has so many moments for me. That's a good choice. I like that game. All right, so sixteen uh, or so thirty two bit era thirty two to so PlayStation one, Sega Saturn, Dreamcast, Xbox, PlayStation two. Oh, see, you're lumping PlayStation Two and Xbox and yeah, 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 yeah. That that makes sense though. Like, I know, we'll, but I, there's if I had I I would want a choice for PS Two and I would want a choice for PS One. Gotta make it hard, man. I know one game in that general. Like we had to pick between like Super Nintendo, Nintendo Genesis, Master System. Like there was a oh, whole lot back oh, there I in know. that in that nostalgia piece too. I know, I know. All right, so let's see. So oh, there's so many. For so me, many it's easy. I can just, I can just, games. I can just call this one off. Yeah, like, go ahead. No, you go. No go problem. Then, go then, because I got to decide. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Resident Evil Four uh, is uh, good choice. Uh, my favorite from this generation. Oh, oh, you know what? Fuck that. I just fucked up, you guys. Definitely not Resident Evil Four. Resident Evil Four would be my number two here, and I just went too far up. It's it's Castlevania Symphony of the Night. There uh, you go. Nice. Um, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, I think, is the. Def- this is another game that like I played to completion, like to you know two hundred one percent multiple times. Uh, and it's a game that I like. I I will still play this. Like the last time I played it. Uh, was on my Vita um, as a PS1 classic on my Vita maybe like three years ago. So I've played it and beaten it as recently as three years ago, and I, I it's timeless. Uh, this this game is incredible. Like if you're listening to this show and you've never played Castlevania Symphony of the Night, uh, go go get it. It's on everything at this point. You can find it on some platform you own. Just go get the game, play it through. It is uh, just it's a it's a workshop in level design and character progression and art and music and boss encounter design and everything it's just like a clinic on on game design in general um and it is it's genre defining like literally the genre of metroidvania games came uh as a result of the like the games that came before symphony of the night sort of built to symphony of the night and then symphony of the night solidified the genre uh, and it's an absolute classic. Yep, that's a good choice. But Resident Evil Four is an honorable mention. That game is rad. <laughs> okay, uh, pick pick a third one because I'm gonna have three. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Sweet Coden Three, maybe no, maybe not that. 
Uh, uh, Persona 4. Ah, uh, Persona, yeah, Persona's a good series. I, I need to go back because Persona 5 was my first introduction into the series, and I absolutely loved it. I yeah, need so to go Persona, back and play the other ones. Persona 4 would be the other one from if I had to pick a third from that that the the PlayStation one to two to Xbox era. Not not gonna lie, I'm thinking about picking up the PS one classic because Persona's on it. Yeah, Persona's good, but like, do you still own a PS three? Uh, I am a console whore. Um, I own. I have never. The only console I've ever sold is my Xbox One. All right. So Persona is five dollars on the PSN. If you have, if you have, have a PS3, I've, I've, yeah, I do. Got, I've got a count. Yep. Just, just turn, fire up your PS3 and get it for five dollars there and play it on your TV. That way, way better. Okay. Yeah, because I've, I've got that's hooked up in my bedroom on my. Bedroom yeah, because I, I, I have Persona One on my Vita as well as a PS Classic. Um, so it definitely worth it. Well, yeah. So okay. Cool. Paul, you want to go next? Or you yeah, and can I, can I tell you a sad story? Sure. So, like you, I'm a console whore. I have every console that I've ever owned, except one of them. And that is my Sega Master System. Is that the one you sent the Toys R Us ad for the other day? Yes. Is, yeah. Nice. Yeah. And my stupid ex-wife let somebody borrow it and then piss that person off and never spoke to them again. Oh, no. Shit. That's uh, well, uh, so, so another, so here's a, here's an even sadder story. So, um, well, you know, yours is pretty sad. This may not be sadder, but I, so I had my P my, I have a, the PS2 that I own right now is my second PS2. The first PS2 that I ever owned, uh, I went out because I was a, I'm a big final fantasy horror. You Call me whatever you want because I like Final Fantasy, but whatever. I played Final Fantasy Eleven on my PS2, me so too. I had the whole I had the whole expanded bay with the you know, the network card that you had to put into it, the whole nine. We let my brother-in-law borrow it, and I'm pretty sure that that got sold to buy drugs. Oh jeez. Yeah. So, well, I yeah. mean, at least at least you were able to replace it. I wasn't able to replace the network stuff that came with it to play Final no. Fantasy on it, so... No, but there's no way I'm ever going to find a, another Master System with the games that I had, like Space Harrier and Nin, Ninja, yeah. the Ninja and shit like that. Oh, I know. No, it's I know a, it, that. It sucks. And even just having it to be able to play the, the super secret snail game. I lost the uh, Nintendo Virtual my... Boy in my divorce. <laughs> my ex had a Virtual Boy. I lost that in the divorce. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a piece of museum tech for sure yes it is i'm pretty Uh, sure she still has it (laughs) so so red red screen headaches anyway sorry paul go for it yeah i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you uh two games that i absolutely love from that era um uh, all right so I'll, i'll give you three um first one i'm gonna give you final fantasy 7 uh, just because that was a, a storytelling wise, there was nothing like that in America at that point. Uh, if I could, if I could give you the "I guess" emoji, I, I'm that. It's fine. Final Fantasy VII is fine. People who like it are, are right. I just uh, fuck. It's fine. Go ahead, Paul. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm glad he got that out for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. Um... <laughs> no, it's great. Uh, I'm not a curmudgeon. I love Final Fantasy VII. It's a good game. 
I guess. Uh, apparently you're a curmudgeon. Uh, um, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not a perfect game. There's definitely, you know, issues with it, but it, it, there... no, it, it's, it's really good. I, I personally, I don't think it holds up to current standards. But no, it's, not, it's a, not at all, good. but I, I'm looking Why do you at, think they're I'm, remaking I'm, it. Oh God. Um, one yeah, of the, one of the things that, that for me, dumpster you know, fire, you know, just even, just the whole idea of of what that game was at the time you know in oh yeah and at the time i was like the same I, yeah it's a am- it was amazing right yeah. mind-blowing yeah and that's what it'll always be to me like i don't know that i can actually go back and play it because i feel like it would be like watching robin hood prince of thieves hey you know i, I mean, like that movie yeah yeah have you watched it recently it's horrible uh probably um, in the last five years i've watched it yes but not in the last year or so okay yeah because i mean i tried watching it i loved it as a kid and i tried watching it and it was just absolutely horrible i i watched but, it when yeah. alan when alan rickman passed away i watched it okay then. well my the the other game that i'm going to give you from the playstation one era um and this is a, a hardcore favorite of mine, and that is Crash Bandicoot. Yes. I mean, yep. I mean, all right, man. Say, say, now we're talking. I mean, all the way from Crash Bandicoot One, which let me tell you, that is not an easy platformer. That is game not. is a pain in the ass. Now, two and three were much easier than number one, but with the initial save system that they had for for the PlayStation. It was, it, it can be a pain in the ass. Have, um, you, have you gone out and got the remaster that they just did for it? No, I need it. Um, I've heard it's actually really good. It yeah, is quite. I, I want to get that. Game. And I want to get the Spyro one, but Spyro I've been told is a lot of fun. The, the other thing that people miss and, and this might be a controversial statement, but I'm going to make it. Crash Team Racing is the best car game ever made. I don't think that's a controversial statement. I think anybody who knows anything about about video games, like really knows, uh, will get right on board with that. Uh, Crash Team Racing is an incredibly good game. It it's is so fucking good. I mean, there isn't anything that's bad about it. I mean, my friend Tim and I, we would sit there for hours driving yeah, around a- in the combat you know, the yeah, combat yeah, you, arenas and just trying to blow each other up. I mean, hours. So you're not good. wrong. You're not I, wrong. CTR is super good and deserves a remake. Absolutely. I've never, like if, I've if, never actually played that game. Oh man. I, I will bring it over. Okay, please do. I would love to try that. I will bring it over. Um, it is amazing. I mean, the, the, the things that it brought to cart gaming was, was great, you know, being I mean, able to skid and, and go faster. And I'm assuming oh, it's like something like so a passionate about that game. It's probably like, a, I, is it like a combination of like Mario Kart and Twisted Metal kind of feel, or is it just like more open world? It's, like, like it's, it's metal? a straight up kart racer. Like it's just like Sony's version of Mario Kart. Okay. Uh, or I should I should say it's Naughty Dog's version of Mario yes. Kart. And we'll gotcha. I'll segue that into saying that Naughty Dog is probably pound for pound the best developer in video games. That's all I have to say about that, though. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Rockstar is uh, they're they're doing pretty good right now. I'm not saying like financially, but like if you hold no, no, Rockstar's no, no. I mean, like, body I mean, of like, work up to Naughty Dog's body of work, um, yeah. like yeah, the 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 Rockstar games are fine, but like if you look at the Crash games and the Jack games mm-hmm. and the Uncharted games and The Last of Us, like get the fuck out of here. See, I've actually never played any of those. Right, and that's the thing. Like Rockstar, Rockstar makes. Rockstar is kind of like Bethesda, 
right? They they make the same game they but don't in a make different broken skin. games. <laughs> Sh- do not or listen to broken. the hype about Fallout seventy six. Or less broken. Uh, anyway, ignore anyway. that. Ignore the hate on Fallout seventy six. It's not that bad of a game. And, and but the thing the thing yeah you, you're not wrong though they make this a similar game over and over. Uh, yeah. But uh, that's fair. That's um, a fair enough assessment. And, that, and that, you should but not that's what Naughty, sleep. Naughty Dog doesn't do. You know, like yeah, right. you should not sleep on their games. Oh, Chris. it's not that you I sleep. Go. It's just that like I, I, with my ADD, I'm I never finish games, and that's the problem. So I just end up hoarding these collections, and something new comes out, and I just trade in games, and so I just I've never just gotten around to playing. Just play The Last of Us. Don't even play it on a hard difficulty if you're gonna if you think the ADD is gonna affect you because the story will pull you through that game. And well, let's keep going because uh, spoiler, I'm gonna talk about the uh, I'm gonna talk about The Last of Us pretty soon. <laughs> gotcha. All right. So so Paul, that was your what what was that number two, number three for you? That was that was number two. But that's that I'm I'm good with that. I'm good, good leaving right. it there. Yep. Okay, so I'm gonna do I'm gonna do one for each platform because unfortunately I can't I can't separate them. So so for PS1, um, I'm not gonna go with Paul and say Final Fantasy VII, even though it is one of my top like three games for PlayStation One. Um, I'm gonna go with Abe's Oddworld. Oh my god, that game. that game! That game, so much fun. I I love the craziness of it. I loved it as a platformer, and I'm not a big platformer gamer. Um, that was, it's pretty much my, one of my favorite platform games out there. Uh, I loved how wonky and crazy it was. I, I love the maps, uh, the, 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 the puzzles you had to solve. It was just a, an amazing game. Absolutely loved it. Another reason why I'm looking at getting the PS, uh, the PS classic because it's on there as well too. Um, so Abe's Oddworld, that's my PS1 choice. PS2, Respect. PS2, I'm going Final Fantasy X. Hands down, my favorite Final Fantasy of the entire series. Uh, it was such a, an amazing game coming into it. First fully voice acted game on a console system. Um, it was fantastic. I uh, loved it. Titus is whiny. Get over it. The story's amazing. First game also, I ever... Yep. Also respect. Yeah. <laughs> love that game. Uh, love the the, 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 the the sphere system was amazing. Fucking, I would spend hours playing Blitzball. Uh, it, to this day, it's one of the games that I will go back and play to completion time and time and time and time and time again. And I will literally just load the game and just play Blitzball. And that was all I'll do on that save file is play seasons upon seasons of Blitzball. And, um, and fuck anyone with a different opinion. Uh, to Xanarkand is the best uh, Final Fantasy track ever. Yep. Like That's <laughs> the best Final Fantasy yep. song. It's so, so good. going to Xbox, KOTOR 1. Oh I yes! Spent so much time on that game. Uh, loved it. Loved the story. Revan, probably one of the best characters ever created in the Star Wars universe, outside of the conical films. Uh, love it. So much fun. First time ever. It, that Kotor is what got me to start playing Morrowind, um, and got my introduction into Bethesda as a game studio. Uh, for the, because of how open it was, the choices and everything. Because like a friend of mine was like. If you like Kotor, play Morrowind. It's it's even more choices. So that's what got me into that realm. And just yeah, game's amazing. Huh. Yeah, I'll I'll come back to Bioware pretty soon too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but not not for Kotor. But yes, that's an amazing choice. Good yep. good call. So those are my games for those systems. All right, I, mad respect. That's three incredible games. Yep. All right. So, man, and I feel like I'm the stereotypical guy. All my choices are the stereotypical ones. 
but um, let's continue and move into current and last gen. So the and go ahead and, and you know, you can pick one from each console if you want or whatever. But most of mine are going to be Sony because I'm a fanboy, I guess. Uh, number one uh, actually will be my Xbox choice, and that is Mass Effect Two. Good choice. Uh, yep. Mass Effect two is one of the best role-playing games of all time. I think, uh, it, I've played through a Paragon and a Renegade, uh, maybe a couple Renegade playthroughs actually. And each time I play through, I'm able to make different choices and have an incredibly, uh, fulfilling journey through that game. Uh, I think it's one of the best voice acted games. Uh, Jennifer Hale's Fem Shep is one of the best vocal tracks ever recorded in a video game. And it's a, just a technical marvel on all fronts, a beautiful video game and worth anybody's time to play. Yeah, it still holds up. So you could go back and play mass effect two. It's great. Um, you guys played that game. Have oh, any yeah. opinions? I have all, I have everything except for Andromeda. That's, all right. That's yeah. Same effect, here. So, I, have, um, I haven't, I, yeah, I haven't played Andromeda either. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board with that, with everything you said. Uh, mass effect two is, Mass Effect 2 is probably one of my favorite Bioware games, uh, hands down. So I agree with that. All right. So my next choice is Dark Souls. Uh, Dark Souls is my my current favorite video game of all time. Uh, it is, in my opinion, the pinnacle of video games right now, like in terms of world design, lore building, boss encounters, uh, everything, player agency and skill. Uh, I don't think that I don't at this point in my life, like it's, it's weird. Like I'm, I'm at this place now where I'm starting to realize that there are some things that may be like, you know, I'm still discovering new things and loving new things. And I play new video games and watch new movies and listen to mu- new music all the time. But there are certain things that I'm starting to settle in and know they're my favorite things. And I just don't know how I'm going to love a game more than I love dark souls. Um, it's so good, and I wanted to say it last, but I just couldn't hold it in because I'm actually like looking at my remastered, my <laughs> PlayStation 4 copy of the remaster. Um, I've beaten it multiple times across multiple platforms, and I've honestly, like, I if I have a really bad day at work, like, I can just come in and I can put Dark Souls in, and it's like catharsis. I can just play it and uh, get over anything. Um, it's, re- it's just a it's, it's superb game. Um, and then my last mention is the last of us. Uh, and the last of us, I think is one of the most impactful video game stories ever told. Um, if you haven't played the last of us, then you won't believe me. And if you have played the last of us, you know exactly what I'm talking about and exactly why I'm saying it, but I'm also not going to spoil it for anybody other than to say that it makes you confront things that other games don't do uh it it has a very powerful storytelling mechanic in it um and it believe the hype if you look at that game and you don't understand why people like it uh play it uh it is incredible and those are my three cool all right paul uh you go ahead potter all right. Uh, so current gen is where I'm going to be a little lacking, uh, just because that's when I started drinking the WoW Kool Aid, and unfortunately, I've been hooked to it for 14 years. Um, and if anyone knows what I'm talking about, that becomes your life. You have little to no time to play any other video game. 
Well, that's okay. Wow can be one of those games. I mean, it's it. I mean, it will be. I mean, for for me, it'll be something. It's it's what's held my attention. I've made really good friends in it. Uh, one of my my absolute probably best friend uh, that I have right now is a guy named Tim. Uh, I've never met him in person, um, but him and I have been gaming together for twelve years now. Um, I know about his kids. I know about his wife. I he I talk to him on a daily basis. So. Um, I mean, so, you just described Paul and my relationship. Right. I mean, we've went <laughs> yeah. in real life, it, but like that's how we met is through WoW. Yeah, and the funny and thing, Paul, Paul and I have made those 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 correlations together. Like he he for basically says like your friend Tim is my chops. <laughs> yeah, that's that seems true. <laughs> yep. So, um, but you know, from looking at it from a console perspective, uh, if I had to pick something right now, um, that's that's held my attention. Uh, through this and that I've, I've absolutely loved and played time and time again. Um, it's going to be a cliche. It, it, you can call me a, sh- a Bethesda shill, but Skyrim. Fine. Um, That's I a mean, great choice. It's it's a good game. I know, you know, Bethesda people, Bethesda is getting slapped flack for the, you know, just keep porting it to new consoles every single time and just milking that cash cow, but it's a good game. They're, they're making money off of it for a reason. It's a very good game. Yeah, when you when you pick out of this current generation, man, it's uh, god it's damn, hard. that's a hard, it's a hard couple of games. Like I could, I, Skyrim could easily make my list. It, um, so the, could WoW. And the right? and the funny thing is, is we actually had this conversation at work the other day about the fact that like current, like like when when you go like this list has been, you know, it's been progressively more, it's been progressively easier to pick games as we've gone into the years of con and the consoles because like. Back in the days of like Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Sega Master Series, you know Dreamcast, like they, there were so many good games right there. The developers cared what they were putting out. They they just weren't rehashing the next Call of Duty just to make some money off of it, and it's the same shit over and over again. And I, I feel like you know things like Last of Us, uh, you know those push boundaries. Um, you know there there are those very few games like Spider the new Spider Man game like it's that is such an amazing game where they've taken something and they completely turned it on its head. It's not a typical Spider Man game. It's a ton of fun. Um, you know that you don't get games like that really anymore because develop you know these developers aren't pushing that anymore. They just want to they they want to make what they know will sell and they want to stay in these safe spaces where they don't unfortunately get this this social flack on the on the social media. And it's we're missing out on video games these days because of that, and that so it, it's just it's just easier to pick games now because there's not a lot to choose from. Oh, see, I, I think it's it's a little it's 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 I, I mean I actually take the inverse opinion. For me, it's like it's harder to pick now, um, and I I think you're right. I don't think you're wrong. I think you're right about developers playing it safe. But I think if you know where to look. Um, there are amazing games out there right now, especially in the indie space. Like yeah. if I had to pick like, like it, you know, I feel bad cause I've named all of these huge games. And I, as I was naming these huge games, I realized that I've left out titles like hell divers, uh, which I hope at least someone listening to this show has heard of and can like fist bump me on how dope hell divers is or like luft trousers or, uh, like, um, castle I'm just trying to, yeah, Castle Crashers. Yeah, there you go. I was fucking, of. fuck yeah. The Behemoth is an amazing developer. Uh, I mean, there's tons of these indie games that are 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 worth um, like serious mention, right? Like yeah. these these guys are making really really good games. No, yeah, uh, I mean, the indie, n- the nuclear indie throne. Is definitely where it's at, you know, right now, and in, in terms of dead if you want cells. Really, yeah, yeah. My my problem with it is that I, like 
I know why indie gamers are doing it, you know, just from a cost saving standpoint. But I just, to me, the whole like retro, you know, eight uh, bit, sixty retro like, revival. Yeah, yeah, it's like it, to me, it's over with. Like, let's let's move on. It was a thing. Like, I want modern day graphics. I bought a modern day console for modern day graphics. You oh, know, have you it, played? Have you played Shovel Knight, Chris? No, oh, I that's need such to. A good game. <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> that, I, I keep picking. I keep trying to. I keep thinking I'm gonna grab it on my DS every time it goes on sale oh on the man. on the Nintendo market. That game. That game. That game. I guarantee. You, let me tell you this right now. You. You said. You said what you just said. You go play uh, Shovel Knight, and you'll come back onto the podcast apologizing for saying that. <laughs> uh, All right. So the next time, the, if, when it goes up on uh, on sale for the Switch, I'll pick it up because I know yeah. it's on the Switch now, and it goes on sale on the Switch. I'll pick it up. All right, all right. Dead Cells is another one that I could wholeheartedly recommend. Uh, that's the, what I'm kind of playing right now, actually. And that game is, who something else, man. And Guacamelee, holy shit, Guacamelee is really good. But yeah, anyway, uh, Paul, we, we got to let you go. Yeah, you know, and and as you guys are talking, uh, I'm I'm realizing some things, and I've had a talk with my friend Tim about this a while back, and we we were talking about how we've found that it's been very hard to connect to video games as of late. Agree. And I don't know if that's because I'm getting old and becoming an old curmudgeon or if it's because of the games that are getting made or, or, you know, it, it seems like finding, you know, those super quality games are, are a bit of a challenge. Uh, and then, you know, it, it's almost like what the movies are doing. You're either recycling the old crap or, you know, you're finding something amazing in a in a niche spot. Um, but uh, two games, and and you guys have both uh, actually Potter has talked about both of these. But I, I think in the past twenty years, the the two games that I've had the most fun playing, um, Skyrim, right? Because I mean, that's kind of like the perfect Bethesda game. You know, everything just just perfection. Um, other other than maybe the the woolly mammoths that fall out of the sky uh but uh, i prefer the i prefer the i prefer the thomas the trains that fall out of the sky <laughs> yeah so i mean pretty much other than that it's 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 just an amazing story an amazing adventure um yeah. there's just something just something magical about skyrim and as far as i'm concerned bethesda port it to everything i'll just keep buying it i'm waiting for like an ios version that i can play you know um because i'll i'll pretty much i'll gladly take that game everywhere with me um and then the other one i mean you know like you said chris and 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 chops i mean wow was just amazing right i mean you, you can't not talk about that as 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 far as uh a huge game that had a major impact on the landscape and was just goddamn fun to play. It's sort of weird that I didn't even think about it. And I think the reason that I don't think about it is that it almost transcends the medium. Yeah. And that's just it is it's more, it, it became so much more than just the game. Yeah, it, it's it, it, it really it really is. And like people who, you know, might have a negative opinion or connotation because they never played. Wow. Like, get your head out of your ass. Like, 
that game had a huge cultural impact for a very good reason. It well, is yeah, I mean, it, a it, very good game and a very good way for like some people who like now I'm intensely social in terms of like uh, in my real life, right? Like I have a I have a solid crew of people I play war games with. I have a regular board gaming group. Um, like I've got, you know, some really close friends, but I've been an introvert most of my life Mm -hmm. and wow really sort of helped me find my voice and learn how to connect with people. And I don't know that I would have like picked up as many of those skills as I did without it. Yep. Um, so, you know, fuck you if you don't think that game is cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, and even, even getting right down to, um, you know, how much you had to work with other people because I mean, we're. We were doing 40 people raids pretty regularly and, and just coordinating yeah. that, coordinating the, coordinating the smaller groups and, you know. Yeah, there's nothing like it, it. I, I at mean, the time. Maybe even now. Yeah. Nothing like it. I mean, even, yeah, mm-hmm. there, there wasn't anything like that. I mean, Molten Core and Blackwing Lair were just, I mean, just amazing weekly events, you know, two or three times a week going and playing there and trying to figure everything out and Chops getting everybody killed and was <laughs> i was i was getting wooden spoons all the way back oh to wow God, yeah hey guys i'm gonna try something this time yep no, dragon no, turns no, burns everybody everybody dies in one second uh it didn't work see the funny thing for you is that that's what you remember and i remember saying that on Catan, like that like or Seathun or whatever, like, I'm going to try something, guys, and then getting, like, <laughs> death lasered and wiping the whole raid. So oh, that's why I, no, never, I, that's why I was never a tank. I was, and then back then, I was... He I was wasn't never, a tank. He was a, he was a shadow priest. Shadow priest. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's oh. even worse, because it's like you're not even you're not even the hunter pulling. Like, you're, that's bad. Yeah, yeah. I, you see, I just remember fighting that the red dragon, and... um. I don't know. You were just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try something, and you just pulled the aggro right off, right off of Perrin. Hey, you didn't yep. wait for your three sunders, did you, man? He did, Not, but whatever I he did, did, just <laughs> pissed it the fuck off, and it turned yeah. and flamed the entire raid, and everybody was dead. And I remember List, our main healer, was so pissed because he was such a bitchy person. Yeah, oh you God. probably, you, you probably had some, um, you know, minus DKP points back then. <laughs> No, I was uh, I was actually like competing with the warlocks for gear, and uh, it was kind of fun. Anyway, that's, that's saying something for Shadow Priest back then. Yep. Oh, I mean, there wasn't Shadow Priest gear. Like I like I would literally be walking around in Iron Forge, and people like I got PM'd that my my guild was wasting loot on me. <laughs> yeah, because back then Shadow but, Priests were like they were considered garbage. Like, no but they way. weren't though. It was about how you played the shot. Like I proved my worth in the DPS chart every week. Yep. Uh, but anyway, and and the fact that I could switch in and out because I I anyway it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I was a good Shadow Priest. Wow, wow, wow was definitely a defining game. Uh, I mean. I know for me, it helped me through a tough time when I lost my grandfather. If it weren't for WoW, I probably would have uh, would have lost my sanity. So um, it, it's it's helped a lot of people out for that. Like you're saying, Chops, like I'm the same with you. I'm an introvert uh, most of my life, and WoW has helped me get out of the shell uh, with that and learning. I would have never made friends that I have now because, without it. So I yeah. agree with that. So, you know, so it, yeah, wow. One of the things that's really interesting, too – looking back on it right yeah you know you had everquest before before wow and you know you always heard everybody going these people aren't going to be your friends and 
and you know you're not going to be friends with them when you stop playing and and stuff like that and you know here Shit, here I am are, these, here I am you know podcasting with chops you know and neither of us have played in like ten years. Well, it's like I mean Tim has followed me through. I mean he followed me to Star Wars: The Old Republic. We played that for forever. I mean shit, him and I are playing Destiny together right now. Like I mean him and I go play other games. Like yep. you know, they they we're we're friends for a reason, not just because we play video games. Yep, and that but. You know, it's kind of interesting because the the old before you had WoW last as long as it did and build a lot of those friendships. I mean, it was like, oh, you're, these people aren't really your friends. And, you know, there was all, you know, all the articles online of how, you know, it's just building fake friendships and shit like that. But it's it's kind of interesting to see that kind of change. And I look at like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's just it's just different than what what you th- people thought it was going to be. You know, yeah. and, and, and for Chops and I, I mean, it was being bored in TeamSpeak and started talking about music. Yep. You know, we realized we shared being... musical interests, and then from there we just started going on dungeon crawls together. <laughs> yeah, that, yep. that's that's pretty much how Tim and I met. Like, we were, I was an Angoro creator, leveling a priest, and he was on his tank, and we just kind of did pocket healer, pocket tank, and we started running together. And then he invited me to his guild. I became an officer, and we have been gaming together ever since. Nice. It's pretty much the only reason I log into WoW anymore is because he still plays. <laughs> so, cool. So, right. video games. Video games. Yeah, yeah. That that <laughs> turned into a long chat about video games, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like the if you think about like the major cultural through line for. <laughs> Uh, for like af- like affluent white males aged 30 to 45, like we're going to have that similar thing in common, right? Yep. Like we all sort of like grew up with that being like a thing our parents just sat us in front of. Yep. Uh, and it's like a cultural touchstone for us. Yeah. I mean, I shoot, I still remember days of just sitting there playing Super Mario with my dad when I was a kid. So yeah, I, I remember my dad actually really funny, like, had this like sheet he wrote out for me when I was like six years old, like just old enough to read and understand. And it, what it, it was a set of it because I always wanted to play the game he played, which was at the time Final Fantasy, the original Final Fantasy. And he left me these instructions, specific things I could do and how to do it. And I would always do it because I had so much fun playing it. And then I look back and I think, Dad, you son of a bitch, you had me level grinding in a boring ass cave. <laughs> <laughs> and powering up his guys while he was at work. Oh God, I, your you, dad! Your dad is so fucking smart. Dude, there's so many stories of like I've heard of people like have done that to their kids. Like, hey, I'm at work today. I had my kid like farm all my herbs for my alchemy today, so I can make pots for the raid. Yeah, that definitely happened to me. Oh, I was God. level grinding my dad's uh, my dad's party in the original Final Fantasy. That's fucking hilarious. Oh, Harry, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, jeez, and you know. That's the other thing too, Chops, is that, uh, you know, meeting your dad in WoW and, and hanging out with him, is, he's just an amazing dude. Yep. Yeah, I'm not going to not gonna say anything different than that. No. My dad is an amazing dude. I mean, that's it's, it's that simple. He, he is an amazing dude. Um, good warlock, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, and, and I was thinking when, when uh, Potter, before, when you were talking about 
you know, obsessively playing video games. And uh, I, w- I was thinking about this one time when I was playing obsessively playing Dragon War, and it was like one of those days where I was just going to uh, sit in my basement all day and play it. And I remember my friends like rang the doorbell. And so I was down there and I didn't want to like talk to anybody because I wanted to just not be social and play Dragon Warrior. So I remember turning turning off the TV in my basement and like running into the other room in the basement and, and peeking and seeing my friends that knew I was home, like looking in the basement windows, trying to figure out if I was there or not. And I turned off the TV so they wouldn't know it. But one of them caught that the light was on on the Nintendo. And they're like, he's playing the Nintendo. He's totally down there somewhere. And I was so mad because I was like, oh, they're going to make me go out and play. And I don't want to. I just want to get I just want to play Dragon Warrior. <laughs> That's real fun. Oh, man. that Dude, that – I didn't have anything like that where, like, friends were coming over. But I, I remember – playing Final Fantasy VII and, like, leaving the game on pause for the Sephiroth fight for, like, three days because I would play it and die and play it and die and play it and die. It would be bedtime. I'd put it on pause, get up, play it, die, play it, die, go to school, put it on pause, and then come home. And I did that for, like, three days because I couldn't beat that damn fight. <laughs> and, they're like, and they were, that was, in Final Fantasy VII, that was the, if you weren't near a save point, that was the only way for you to pause your game was in a fight. And that sucked. And I remember leaving that my PlayStation on for days fighting that fight. Oh, that's funny. That was That's pretty much the only time where I've, like, secluded myself to play a game was for Final Fantasy VII during the Sephiroth fight. I was like, no one talk to me. No one do anything. I've got to beat this fucker. <laughs> Ah, those are good memories. Yep, it's hilarious. So I, I would, jeez, yeah. I mean, we really talked about video games for a long time, and I was, I was thinking we were going to talk about like books and TV shows and movies. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I did yeah. too. So, 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 real quick, let's just let's just go around because I mean, let's just, just let's just make it a long episode, and if people want to get bored and turn us off, they can they can turn us off and come back next week when we talk about war games. Um, <laughs> I. For, for me, one of the things that I've always been interested in is reading, right? So I, I remember being like the kid in like sixth grade when everybody was reading The Hardy Boys. I was sitting there with like Stephen King's It. Uh, <laughs> yep. You know, my cousin was similar like that. trajectory for me. Yeah, yep. just getting into the, the like just going basically from, you know, straight into, you know, grown up books. And so one of the things that, I, and Chops and, and Potter, you both know this, is that I've been reading the fuck out of Brandon Sanderson over the past yep. year. Like, I went through all of his stuff. And if you if you don't know his books, oh, my God, you need to read them. Like, perfect fantasy books that you can read and not have to get into all a huge series if you don't want to, but if you want to. You can because he all of his different series have a shared origin story and a shared background and kind of like the Marvel movies, <clears throat> there's like character crossover. Um, and if you haven't read the other books, you won't notice it. You won't care if you've read the other books. It's great little Easter eggs. And at some point it might pay off as like an Avengers kind of thing. Who knows? But yeah, also worth noting is that uh, 
his uh, fantasy books aren't none of them rely on typical fantasy tropes. Um, right. They almost all have their own internal logic that isn't the same as almost as pretty much any other fantasy novels. So that's a cool thing. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it gets away from, you know, because for so long, fantasy was basically uh, how can I rewrite Lord of the Rings? Yeah, right. Um, yeah. And he doesn't do that at all. No, I mean, he's he's known for having interesting magic his, systems. And yeah, his world building is on another level oh yeah it's 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 just completely something else it's it's out there and and i mean i can't i can't recommend him enough i mean his his books are just absolutely so much fun to read Uh, yeah see where where you went like the fantasy route as as a younger kid like for me i remember and i'm getting my kid into this as well too um my parents bought me a lot of like the great illustrated uh series so like for me I've always been really into like classic American literature, like Jules Verne, Red Badge of Courage, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, Frankenstein, you know, uh, Call of the Wild. Like those have always Count of Monte Cristo. Count of Monte. I'm rereading Count of Monte Cristo right now, actually. Um, like I've always been really into classic American literature as a kid, and that's what I grew up with. But I remember what really got me, and I've always been to sci-fi because you know my I grew up as a Trekkie um, grew up watching, you know, next generation. My mom was a big Trekkie. Um, my mom introduced me to star Wars at a very, very young age. Um, so I've always been in star Wars. So always been into sci-fi. I remember one summer I went to uh, my, my, my grandmother's and my uncle's cause they, they lived together and my, my grandmother had surgery, but I ended up playing like video games with my uncle all weekend. And he introduced me to Baldur's gate. And I don't know how Baldur's gate didn't make my list of video games. Uh, probably cause we were more talking console than PC, but Baldur's great. One of the greatest PC games of all time. And I got really into it. Like it was like my first kind of really experience into like the fantasy world. Cause like, even though I've been playing like JRPGs, it was more like stuff that like earthbound, which was set in like kind of modern settings. Like it's city. It's, it's not fantasy. Um, it deals with aliens. And so I, I played this and I got super into it. And my dad or my uncle took me out like the very next day to a bookstore and he bought me the Dark Elf Trilogy, the book, the Homeland, the very first book of the Dark Elf Trilogy for Dritz. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that is what got me into it. And so for like, for them, for me, even though it's, again, it's more rewriting Lord of the Rings, it's that more those, you know, those typical fantasy tropes, but that's what got it into me. And it's like, I've never been able to leave like the the TSR, you know, Wizards D and D world of fantasy when it comes to books. And as much as I try to like read things like you know George R. R. Martin with the with the Song of Ice and Fire, I've got Brandon Sanderson because you were talking about it so much. I've never been able to read that world and it's specifically Dritz, like the the world of Dritz. Like he's just, I just love the way that Bob Salvatore writes, and it's for me it's he because he's very descriptive, just like Tolkien was. And that's very boring for a lot of people. Well, he and, writes really good combat too, right? Yeah, like, his the, combat he, scenes are so descriptive. So I love them. Yeah, they're yeah. really good. He, and so, like, for me, like, classic literature, TSR, you know, Wizards, typical so fantasy ha- worlds is where I'm at. I have to ask you, Chris. Yeah. You said you, said you like uh, sci-fi. Yeah. You said you like classic American r- literature. Yes. Have you ever read a book called a Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's. Oh Court. my God. No, I have not, but I have seen like the, the adaptations that they've made in movies of it. And I really need to read that book. I really oh my do. God. 
Oh my God. It's like my favorite Mark Twain book. You really need to read it. I yeah, do. It's amazing. So I do. The my favorite adaptation of that story though is got to be the Martin Lawrence one, <laughs> The Black Knight. I don't know. Evil Dead or not Evil Dead, the the third Evil Dead movie. Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. Bit, yeah. A little bit Connecticut Yankee Yankee yeah. right there's court. Yeah. I will, but I will say the Martin Lawrence one, The Black Knight, is probably one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty great. But anyway, that's a wow, what a fucking cool book that is. Yeah, I know. I need to read that book. I need to read that book. Yeah. And the thing is, so like with, you know, with my daughter, she's seven, you know, she's getting into that right in that age range where like I was when I started first reading those great illustrated classics. Um, You know, so I've already looked at buying a couple because unfortunately they're all gone. My mom probably sold them at a garage sale. But like I still remember this day of like staying up in like third grade in my bed reading red badge of courage like it was such a mind-opening book at such a young age and it, it opened me up into that classic literature i loved it all right I mean, and then Josh, star wars do, i read what are you reading uh war game rule book <laughs> mostly well i mean uh, i mean i gotta i gotta you know attribute my getting back into reading to you right because i didn't read much in my 20s and early 30s and then you're like, dude, go read The Expanse. Yeah, The Expanse is a that's a I'll scream it from the rooftops. Those are like my favorite. My favorite bo- my favorite modern books I think are uh the James S.A. Corey Expanse series of books. There's really they're they're very good. Uh the science the science in the sci-fi is believable and good. The the story itself is ongoing and continuously surprising in ways that I didn't expect it to be able to continue this long. Yep. Um, it's very, very good. Uh, obviously I'm also a big George R. R. Martin fan uh, and I'm not into the George R. I'm not into the George bashing. You guys all need to leave George alone. <laughs> you can do it oh, I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't trying to bash. It was uh, just, oh, a... no, 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 no. I'm not you. I mean like people listening. That oh, okay. Like, if, if there's anybody that's on there making comments about not buying fire and blood until George finishes wins of winter, come the fuck on. He doesn't owe you anything. Uh, and he's written some great books already. Um, so I, and I, yeah, anyway, George R. R. Martin, great, great modern fantasy author obviously brandon sanderson um uh the only the thing i'm reading right now uh is actually one of the sandman slim books so if if you guys have never read any of the sandman slim books just start with sandman slim uh by richard cadry is the name of the author um they are so good (laughs) Uh, and it's, there's a series of them. It's kind of, if you like the Dresden files, imagine if the Dresden files was a little sexier and a little more violent, uh, (laughs) that's kind of Sandman slim. It's a, it's a guy who essentially went to hell and he was like, uh, he was basically sent to hell from, for a bad deal. Uh, something he got betrayed basically on earth and was, uh, a tough motherfucker and the demons while he was in hell used him like as a sort of like a gladiator. And like he ended up finding, this sounds really rote. I know when I'm describing it, but he found his way out of hell on a a quest for revenge. And that's kind of the Sandman slim thing. And then he becomes sort of like a detective that in the, in the, like it's, it's basically like if you mixed crime noir with like modern uh, urban fantasy, uh that's really what it is um and it, it is an incredible series of books and it's very funny i think is the the humor is high like richard 
Kadri's got a very dry and uh, like very good sense of humor. The books are again, like funnier than they deserve to be. And each one of them reads kind of like an old, again, like an old fifties detective novel mixed with modern urban fantasy. And it's very, very, very good. I'm going to have to check that out. I've not read them. Yeah. Um, I, if, if you don't want to take my word for it, just like search Sandman slim and look at the average reviews of all of the books. Um, and it, it, it will speak for itself. They're very good books. Yeah, that's kind of how I got into the series that I'm reading now was just kind of I saw, actually saw somebody post it on Imager and uh, I thought it looked like a, a cool concept for a book. And I started looking at them and uh, all the reviews were good. So I hopped in. And that's the uh, yeah, Kill the Dead, Kill the Dead, which is one of the Sandman Slim books is one of my favorite m- books in modern history. Oh, also another book that I'll, I'll just throw, I think. I think every person living in modern society, and I, I, this sounds really like bold and whatever. They should, they should read. Start by reading a book called Damon, Demon, Damon by, uh, like the Linux Demon, right? Uh, by Daniel Suarez, and then the sequel to that book called Freedom Trademark. Uh, those are two of the most important modern sci-fi books, I think, uh, and you should also read those books. <laughs> I'll take a look. Uh, the, yeah, I'll look at him. I'll give you a synopsis of uh, Damon or the the, the two books. I don't know how you they if there's a name for the two books together, but they're really direct sequels of each, to each other, and they're meant to be read in order. Like you you can't. It, it's one story told over two books. Okay. Um, and the basic premise is that there was a guy who designed essentially the most successful MMO in the world, uh, but he hid in it. Uh, some code to execute when he died Uh, and the code that executes when he dies uh, sort of changes the entire world uh, in a very interesting way. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to say anything more than that because I don't want to ruin the way that the book uh, presents itself, but it, it becomes one of the, the, I think one of the great techno thrillers of like all books that I've ever Mm -hmm. read. Um, hmm, that is pretty and good, it, and it, and it's one of those books like in the like the Expanse where it's sort of like n- new futurism where like all of the things are almost possible, right? right? But like not quite. Um, and it it's really brilliantly written, uh, just good science fiction. What was it called again? A demon, like like d, uh, like like a Linux demon, right? Like a kernel demon. So d. A E M O N. That's written by Daniel Suarez. You know, chaps t- talking about the expanse. Um, every time I go on Space Mountain and I see the, uh, you know, they have the the star maps, and every time I see Ceres, I panic a little bit. Yeah. Right. Oh God, vomit zombies. <laughs> every time. It's hilarious. I'm gonna... All right, so we talked about we talked about books. Uh, can can we talk about Star Wars for a little bit? Because I know we all are you re- degenerate Star Wars folks. That's going to turn this into an even longer episode. <laughs> That's okay. At this point, I mean, it's almost going to be have to be divided into two anyway. So can we right. can, can we just like talk Star Wars for oh. like ten minutes? 
<laughs> Please do. do. You mean two hours? Yeah. But okay, yeah. Let's let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. Can, can I just say that I fucking love Star Wars, and I have since uh, coming out of the womb. I mean, there's uh, there's no other way for me to say that. I mean, like, my sister likes Star Wars, so there were already toys in the house when I was a kid, and. One of my very first memories ever was my mom recording Star Wars off the TV for me. Yep. And we had some old, it was like pre-VHS, uh, not even a Betamax. It was pre-VHS, pre-Betamax recording thing that she was recording it on. And the tape stopped partway through. And I remember flipping out and that she had to come running in and put in a new tape. So it was over two tapes. But the whole scene... Um, when the Millennium Falcon gets gets caught on and tractored into the Death Star, and Vader comes out and looks at the ship, right? Looks at the Millennium Falcon, and he says, "There's, you know, there's a presence I haven't felt since." And then just kind of stalks off. I probably didn't see that scene until I was in middle school. Oh, jeez! Like no idea that it was in jeez. there because it got cut out there. And until right. I, until I got the. I think it was the 15th anniversary VHS version of it. Um, I didn't really see that scene. So when they made fun of it in Spaceballs, I didn't understand what they were making fun of. <laughs> but yeah, so, so I mean, like I, mean, I had a stint, and like since basically day one, Star Wars has been a part of my life. Well, see, since I had a I had a similar experience with Star Wars, like growing up as a kid, like so, you know, my mom was already a big Star Wars fan when I when I was born um my dad the funny thing is my dad is the one that dragged my mom to go see episode four in theaters and he walked out saying oh, it was okay and my mom was like the one that walked out was like mind blown is pretty much eric from that 70s show you know <laughs> that's become her life like you know so when i grew up like i'm a military brat so if anybody knows anything about living overseas in the military is you got one tv channel on base it was armed forces network back when i was a kid like now they get satellite broadcasts they have like five or six channels um when i was a kid we got one so i grew up watching repeats of recorded television and recorded movies um so i grew up there was we had one vhs it had all three star wars movies on it on the one v it was like you know an eight hour tape it had all three on it and i grew up just watching star wars repeatedly on that one vhs and to this day when i moved out of my parents house uh i took it with me uh so i have that vhs and I probably have – I have the Blu-ray Star Wars. I have two different DVD set formats. So I actually have four different copies Noob. of the original series. Noob. <laughs> I didn't get Laserdisc, man. I'm not – you know, I got Blu-ray. I got DVD. I got VHS. And I've got VHS. Yeah. And I've got – and I've got two different copies on DVD because I, I have the original theatrical cut. On DVD when when they limited and released yeah, that, the, so I have the laser disc version. Right, it was a laser disc version that they recut into DVD. Yep. I have that. I have that one. So, um, I mean, shit. I even had like the I don't know if it was like the JC Penney's Star Wars sheets when I was a kid. Yeah, I got the Empire Strikes Back ones. They're still up. There, I still have them. 
I don't have them. My my parents sold them, but well, they you know because again, military bride. Every time we moved, garage sale sure. and everything sold. So like my white Optimus Prime from the made for TV movie that was the sequel to the no. the theatrical Star Transformers movie. My mom sold it. That thing's worth like six thousand dollars right now. Ooh. Yeah. So no, Star Wars is Star Wars is definitely life. I'm 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 like you. I I grew up with it straight out of the womb. How about you, chops? I think it. Like, where did my journey start? Star Wars, yeah, man. Oh, boy. Um, I don't remember life without Star Wars. Can I start there? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean. One of the, like, I some of my first, my earliest memories of entertainment are watching Star Wars. I uh, distinctly remember having the chicken pox in third grade, and... All I did the entire week was watch Return of the Jedi over and over and over. Like I remember telling my dad I was excited that I watched Return of the Jedi four times in one day. <laughs> and that's how and that's the story um, of how you ended up farming monsters in Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put you onto something more but yeah. You want productive. a you want a real grind. Do this. Yeah. Uh, I, anyway, I, I, uh, have a lifelong obsession with star Wars. I, uh, I'm not quite as, uh, into all of the collecting re- religiously there as, but, but I do, you know, I own all of the movies. I have the gold, uh, like the 99 remakes or 99 special, you know, the 1999 special edition, special effect 97. editions of the star Wars 97. 97 yeah. All right. I wanted to say 99 because of I was trying to associate it with a year that I remember. But it sounds 99 right. 99 was Phantom Menace. All, yep. It was Phantom Menace. Yes, yeah, there it is. So the other thing I, you know, like when the movies came out, uh, the original trilogy came out with redone special effects. Uh, my dad pulled me out of school for each one and we went and saw them in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm, nice. Uh, I like, like uh, Potter. Um, played a ton of KOTOR. Uh, I rem- remember I, it was like one of my first uh, college jobs. I bought a TV and an Xbox and KOTOR. Yep. Uh, and I I played those, I, I played that game religiously for a really long time. I, I just, I can't really uh, separate my life and pop culture in any given moment without Star Wars being in it, whether it being books I was reading or just like running a marathon of the movies with my friends over Thanksgiving holiday. I did that. I used to do that a lot too. Or like the fact that I have seen every single movie, every single star Wars movie in the movie theater with no exception Mm -hmm. uh, because of those 97 remakes. Yep. Um, So, I mean, yeah, fucking star Wars, man. Yep. Another, another one to say that, uh, during that time period of video games with KOTOR is uh, Jedi Outcast. Yeah, Jedi Outcast, man. Uh, Shadows of the yep. Empire. Uh, Jedi Je- X-wing versus Tie Fighter. Like the yeah, dude. So many Jedi Jedi Outcast. To my senior year of high school, um, in my engineering class, we had the only networked computers in uh, for a local area land in the school, and uh, it was all it was all just a local land, just in this classroom. And our teacher fell off the roof of his house putting up Christmas lights or something like that. And he was close to – he was retiring that year anyway, so he just took early retirement. 
Um, and we got this sub. He did not care what we did. We had no lesson plan, no nothing. He goes, just show up for class. You guys get an A. <laughs> and we legit played Diablo 2, Jedi Outcast 2, um, and a, uh, a bunch StarCraft and a bunch of like. And I just remember just the doing just PvP battles with Darth Maul in the Jedi Outcast 2 battle arena stuff just on the local land. That's all I did my senior year of, in that class. <laughs> so much fun. All right. I remember when the uh, when the special edition came out, um, there was there was a point at you know it was that January, February, and March. Um, but when when March came around, um, A New Hope and Empire were still in theaters, so I went in one day and and saw all three of them in in different theaters because that was the only way to to get it to work, um, which was freaking amazing, by the way. Yep. Those were the, the, yeah. Because because and I'm I'm with you on that chops too. Because of those remakes, I have actually gotten to go see every Star Wars that's been released in theater with my par- yeah with my and, parents. And technically, I've seen every Star Wars movie on opening day. Um, obviously, not the originals when they were originally released because I was not born, not born, and barely born. Um. But the um, and that gives all of our listeners an exact trajectory of how old I am. <laughs> yeah, I uh, was not alive when any of the the, the originals were in theaters. Yeah, for the I, very I, first so time, I, I was I I was not alive, not alive, and barely. Alive. I, I will I say was, I uh, saw Return of the Jedi in the theater a lot. Um, you jerk. <laughs> yeah, but I I did I did see each of them on opening night on their upon re-release and i saw phantom menace on opening night um i saw uh, both the other prequels i saw on opening night i saw uh episode seven twice i saw yeah the first awakens i saw twice mm-hmm. on opening night so like i i've you know definitely been all to, to all of them uh, i think solo is actually the only one i can't say anymore because but that was because my daughter was just born yeah um I remember so that. i but i did see solo in the theater i still did get to see it just not on opening day I, I think I've seen everything since episode two on opening night because my parents never my parents never went to opening days theaters or uh, the showings. So I never got to see any of the re-releases or Phantom Menace. But I remember uh, episode two came out and the girl I was dating was like this, this super prissy preppy girl in high school and because like i hid the fact that i was a giant nerd in, in high school because i was into the whole prep thing i was a jock and just ignored that side of me but i went and saw star wars and i took her to the show with my mom like i was like i'm going to see this movie if you're coming with me like my mom's gonna be there i'm sorry <laughs> so like i went on a date with my girlfriend to the movies with my mom it <laughs> for star wars like just so i could see it well i uh I started dating Aubrey in January of 2005. And I think it was our second date. I was like, so uh, are you doing anything on, on May 19th? <laughs> she was like, uh, it's January. How would I know? I was like, okay, well, um, you're going to come see Star Wars with me at midnight. <laughs> yeah, it was like, because that was episode three, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yep. I remember that. Yep. So I remember going to that. Uh, we we met a bunch of. I ended up running into friends there when I was I was dating I was dating my ex at the time, and uh, we ended up doing like Star Wars Mad Libs. 
there was freaking like guys like with lightsaber back when you could take lightsabers to the to the opening nights yep. and there was like a lightsaber fight in the front of the stage because uh, you know, it was one of those old school theaters that had a stage they jumped up there and had a whole battle like everybody was dressed up like it was cool like you know it was still in the era of like when you going on premiere night like it, there was the the fanfare was attached to it like now when you go it's you know it's they they open up the whole theater to it you know the fanfare is really not there the what it used to be because well, you're not um, going to midnight say, anymore you're not waiting in line because everything's assigned seating now right yeah it's not like what it was like when phantom menace came out you know yep. that would i would have i would have loved to have been old enough to wait in line for phantom menace like that would have been probably really cool. wait you weren't old enough to wait in line for phantom menace not the not to buy tickets you remember that was 1999 i was a freshman in high school wow yeah i feel old you should damn <laughs> yeah i was still an i was a freshman in high school when that movie came out when i was going into my last year of college yep so like yeah when you were saying like 2005 like i was two years out of school when uh episode three came out i was already divorced <laughs> If that gives you any well, I would hope so. With you were dating Aubrey, <laughs> yeah. If that gives you any perspective, holy crap! Yeah, Star Wars so. is so important. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I know, I know you and me, you know, Paul. We we have both marred our bodies with Star Wars. I don't know, chops, if you if you have, but I know that that's it's important enough to us that we've marred our bodies. I could, but I haven't. I don't really. I only have one tattoo, uh, so. But it is not Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I, I've my whole arm will find one day finally get finished. I, I've decided like, um, so I, I'm getting Darth Maul put on my arm, but to finish off my sleeve, I'm gonna do eight uh, bit stormtroopers uh, shooting the stun gun at Princess Leia. That's gonna be the final piece to finish up my sleeve. Eight bit stormtroopers. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna do it. Di- I'm gonna do it digitized, like ch- little chibis, <laughs> chibi style, but done in like computer, like Nintendo graphics. Okay, that'll work. <laughs> Yeah, that'll work. All right. So, well, I mean, it's like any that's I'm sorry, Chris. That's like the second time I've cut you off. No, Go you're good. Go ahead. Well, well, I mean, we probably will keep we could go on forever with Star Wars, so it's probably a good place for us to stop because the episode's already almost at two hours. Yeah, I'll find a good breaking point and and split it up. And, and, and I'm pretty sure that we all kind of want to go to bed. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, otherwise, I would. Otherwise, I would make us talk about other things. But yeah. So. Um, Mor- moral of the story: books, video games, Star Wars is life. Yeah, Star Wars. Pretty is much. Life. And if you're if you were ever wondering what we did other than war game, that's pretty much it. Yep. Yeah, I guess now I have to bring Legion to to Adepticon. Bring it. Yeah, bring it. Bring your rebels. You bring in your rebels, Paul. Yeah, I am. Heck yeah. Have you been keeping up with them? Heck yeah. All right, I didn't know if you've been keeping up. Yeah, man, I got my I got my giant gun. Oh, you know what we could do? We could play. We should play a couple games of that three hundred point. Uh, um, the the new Fantasy Flight three hundred point format. If you don't, if you haven't seen it, it's the new OP format that they released. Um, and it's like a it's a three hundred point list that it's always it's always three hundred points, but you play progressive games and you can take different things and you can earn more upgrades depending on how your previous games go. And it could be fun for us to play a couple of those 300 point games. Oh, I'm down with that. It'd be a lot of fun. All right. 
Not to mention we're going to have a three-way throwdown in the other side. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm game for that. All right. Well, who? What? 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 What other? What armies are you bringing for other side chops? By the way, to adapt just King's army. Okay, just, or King's empire. Okay. Unless I somehow buy something else, God, please. I thought you not didn't. You that. get you got gibbering hordes too, didn't you? Yeah, I'm not going to bring them though. Okay. That's what I thought, but I was just thought so. Uh, no, if you guys are going to be there, I'm just going to bring the one because I'm gonna. My trunk space is going to be at a premium. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have kings, so. Yeah, yeah, and Potter and I will have cool. to figure out what right. car that we're going to bring. Probably, I guess, my element. <laughs> yeah, it was, that's what I was thinking. It was probably the element because we're not fitting in your penis mobile, no. either of them. No, and we won't have <laughs> we won't have the trunk space in my car. So. Yeah. yeah, so most likely the element. Hopefully, it'll hold together. All right. Well, uh, let's 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 officially end end this episode slash second episode um, slash third yeah. episode. <laughs> we're, we're almost almost ready to start hour three. Um, anyway, so I'm just gonna make it simple. Thanks for listening, everybody. We enjoyed talking about things that weren't war games for once. Yeah, it was fun, and uh, I guess. As a callback to what may maybe no, we'll go ahead, go sorry, ahead, Paul. Go ahead. I say as a callback, what may be two or an episode ago now. Remember, if you have any recommendation or if you have any requests for board game reviews, like snarkily done in Twitter format, just at us on Twitter and base it on the screenshots of my collection, and I will gladly get back to yeah, you. Yeah, at three men in a war game. It's the number, not the not the word. And uh, check us out on Patreon. I think I said that at the top of the show. It's hard to remember. That was like two hours ago. Static as a city. Thanks for yep, the music. Static as a city. We love the music. Thank you. And uh, thanks to all of our patrons. Thanks to our patrons. And thanks for listening. Yeah. Cool. Bye. Thanks, everybody.